0: The same and the familiar bring with it comfort and security like worn in slippers that cradle our feet and and comfort us uh, with warmth on a cold day. The same familiar helps us to reduce surprises and changes and adaptations that we may experience. But there is a saying. The difference between a rut and a grave is depth. If you've ever welcomed someone, um, especially a little someone, into your home, you know that accepting um, the same and the familiar will need to adapt and change. um, And that's the only way that your home will grow. But with an investment of growth comes opportunity, strength and diversity. Let me pray. Jesus, as we come together around your word, we ask that you would use this time to draw us closer to you and closer to each other. May we have a greater understanding of your heart for us and for the communities in which you have placed us. Amen. Do you recall a time when your home was about to grow? Perhaps your partner was moving in or, and so you need to make room for, for socks, jocks and a toothbrush. Or perhaps for a previous few months you were um, challenged um, as you prepared for the pitter patter of little feet, whether it be little two feet or four feet, changes to doors and things moved off floors, new bedding and a lack of sleep. Those little bundles of mostly joy are welcomed into your home as it grows. Perhaps photos tell the story, or lines and scribbles on the door frames as little by little and year by year, growth continues to be marked, measured and celebrated. But we also know that growth is not easy. Letting go of your space to accommodate another, growing pains, new teeth, training, routines, and rules help members in the home to grow together and head all in the same direction. Growth would be much easier if everyone thought the same as me. One of the challenges for parents is when their children develop their own views and start to exercise some independence, or for couples or housemates who suddenly discover habits or views that they struggle with. Beyond toilet seat positions and caps on toothpaste tubes, when a partner or a housemate holds a strong or opposing view on vaccine, religion, or the environment, perhaps their political persuasion is foreign to you. So out of fear or to keep the peace, you bite your tongue. Growing together can be a challenge, can be challenged by our ability to hold other and opposing views in tension. Are they deal breakers or are they relationship makers? Are we growing together and heading in the same direction or are we growing apart? The reality is that growing is never easy. Growth is never easy, but the rewards for growth are amazing. The celebration of new life brings new friendships, new love, and new opportunities. Growing brings the gift of life. For communities, growing can also bring life and opportunity. While communities that lack government planning can become overgrown, crowded, polluted, if communities don't sustainably grow, they can become a ghost town as the ageing community fails to be replaced. By younger or newer members in that community. But how can we grow? And who we how we grow and who we welcome into our home, our community can at times be a challenge. There are a few things at play here. If you've ever been overseas for some time in a country where they speak a different language to you, and then you've been immersed in that culture for a bit, and then suddenly. You hear someone speak your language. It it can have a gravitational pull towards you. That's the reality of like attracting like. The law of attraction, like attracting like, is stronger than the opposites attracting. If we're opposites in all areas, then the novelty of attraction soon wears off and the beginnings of growing together soon become growing apart whereas like-attracting-like can often be easier, it doesn't mean that we have to be alike in all areas. But if we are to grow as together in a community, then there needs to be enough shared values that allows us to grow together. Yet for some, differences of the colour of skin, the language spoken, or religious views prejudice one against the other. Then comes the con- uh, confirmation bias. That's where we, we start to filter information in such a way that our views or our opinions um, are, start to challenge our perspectives and that we we look for things that um, confirm our views and discount things that uh, challenge our views. And so those things that we, we have a, a bias about and we see other information that confirms that we elevate the opinions that we hold there. Anything that challenges those views, we discount as being of lesser worth. In fact, studies have shown that people have a tendency that, um, that this can actually persist in such a way that even when it costs us, we look for confirmations to support our beliefs. So, if you're starting to develop prejudices against people, then studies suggest that people can actively search out or filter out information to confirm their perspectives. Perhaps you've seen that in a friend who starts to hold a view that they're prepared to overlook other views and other information in in favour of the information that confirms their view. Perhaps you've seen that in yourself. You start to develop a view or a belief about someone. Then you find yourself almost as it were having a gravitational pull towards things that confirm your view of them. You always... Phrases like that. When we prioritise growing through like attracting like, when we want people like me to move in, when we want neighbours like us to move in next door. We know that when like attracts like, communication is easier. Valuing of the like is often higher. After all, they're okay because they're like me. The downside is that when we want everything and everyone to be the same as us, it starts to become like porridge or dal. Now, my apologies for all those Porridge lovers out there, I am not a fan of porridge, but I do love dal, so I thought I'd better have something that I do like um, that I'm referring to as well. But like porridge or dal, from the first mouthful to the very last mouthful, if it's made correctly, it should all taste the same. Now, compare um, porridge or dal to stew. When we grow and welcome some diversity into our home and our community, then we can become a bit more like stew. While there are subtle flavours and texture variations, the slow cooking of the stew has the desire to pull in the diversity of ingredients together so that the the flavours combine and infuse. Now, compare the flavours or the images of porridge an infused stew to that of fruit salad. While the juices and the different fruits will combine and coat the other fruits when it's mixed together, you can be blindfolded and with each bite you can recognise the different fruits and celebrate their flavours bursting in your mouth. Sometimes there is more of this in your mouth than other times there's more of that. But all the fruit comes to and revels together with each other. In homes, when we grow and welcome people into them, absolutely there needs to be boundaries and rules and shared values. Otherwise, it becomes a situation where everyone does what they like and they don't consider others under the same roof. Housemates become house enemies. But when there is an honouring of each other as housemates, then there can be a celebration of differences. In communities, when we celebrate differences in age and ethnicity and culture with um, being uh, having a desire to share and to seek the best for others with agreed boundaries and rules, we can experience our strengthening and opportunity and a flavour that we can experience that is so different and so much better than porridge. When it comes to welcoming people into our spiritual home of Northern, we choose whether we want to be like porridge, like stew or like fruit salad. I remember when I was going through Bible college and being taught about the homogeneous unit principle now, that was championed by a guy by the name of Donald McGovern um, in the 1970s to the 1990s. And it calls churches to attract like with like. As we seek to reach out to people in the community, um, then there's a rough summary that you should reach people like you. Churches like Willow Creek and Saddleback ran with significant success And so what was done in the USA was the Holy Grail for Australia for a time. But the risk in Australia is that when we follow this model of growing churches, then at its heart, we can become pretty much like porridge. Several years later, I remember speaking with a lecturer, celebrating his uni church that he had, and the growth based around this porridge model of like attracting like. And I suggested to him that in a few years, he's going to be faced with one of two options. As the uni-age students get older and marry, and if they have kids, then he will need to see them leave that church and find other churches. And so the back door of his church is going to be as big as the front door, as people exit to find churches that cater for their needs for their kids and um, other things that are happening for them. Or they're going to need to change their model, to set up programs for parents with bubs, children's ministry and older adult ministries as well. And their single-focus lecture theatre location would also need to change. For the church in Acts, they faced a similar challenge. In Acts chapter 6, We read that as the church grew, other cultures were incorporated and some perceived some of these issues as being prejudicial. We read in Acts chapter 6, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Rather than sticking with one homogeneous unit, one like-attracting-like, one culture and staying like porridge, the church wanted to continue to grow, to become a bit more like stew, as we read in verses 2 to 7. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers and they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program, And so the brothers selected seven men who were well respected and full of of the Spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the Word. Everyone liked this idea. And then skipping down to verse 7. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. But as we grow as a church, it's not just about cross-cultural groups and economic means that should be celebrated and incorporated, but also across ages as well. King David took responsibility for investing in the younger generations who follow, grandparent figures celebrating parents and children in the faith community and with the noise and the spontaneity that they bring. In Psalm 71, verses 17 to 18, we read this from King David. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and grey, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. A couple of chapters later, Asaph, writing a uh, psalm in chapter 78, writes these these words in verses 1 to 4. O my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Jesus also celebrated and welcomed children to be taught um, as um, and ad- adults to be val- to, sorry. Jesus also celebrated and welcomed children and taught adults to value them in the faith community. Not because of their future potential as church leaders and people that might give to support the church. That should that they should only be taken notice of then when they're older, but because children are created in the image of God and have just as much value as any adult. Mark chapter ten, verses thirteen to sixteen has this to say. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so that he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. At Northern, we believe that it's essential that we grow across cultures and across ages, that children are as important in this church family as any adult that we celebrate that we are not porridge. We are strengthened by our diversity and by those from different cultures and ages. We celebrate the pitter patter of little feet, even the occasional four little paws. I know it can be a challenge when you're looking for a new church. It can be easy for you to look for a church where there are people like you. There is no doubt that a church with lots of people like you can be as nice and as warm as slippers and feel very, very comfortable. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants more for Northern than a comfortable church where everyone is the same. Paul, when writing to the church in Galatia, encourages the differences not to be the focus, but their unity in diversity as children of God. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 26, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all of you who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes, for there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, it would be crazy to suggest that suddenly nationalities and genders were no more when people came to faith. And that's not what we heard about earlier when we read from 1 Corinthians 12 when Paul writes about the human body and its many parts being a great way to understand the local and the global church and its many parts. It's not about saying that these differences don't still happen and they should be celebrated and honoured. But the focus isn't about those differences. The focus is about Jesus, that we come together under Jesus Christ who is the head of this church and we allow Jesus as the head to lead this church. I believe God wants Northern to continue to grow. And while it may be easier for us to grow by like attract, attracting like and looking for like, imagine how much more richer, how much more flavoursome we could be through diversity of culture, background and ages, where we are all honoured and celebrated as we unify around Jesus. As we welcome people, to find their spiritual family, there is also an opportunity for us to grow with all the flavours and colours and diversity in the body of Christ. We already have some of that and we want to continue to develop that further as we, as a body, a diverse body, unify around Christ and follow Jesus. But we also need this to be a place where people feel safe and we're going to look at that in the next instalment of the Welcome Home series next week. But for now, let me pray. Jesus, we recognise that when you pull everything together at the end of this age and for the age to come, that in Revelation we read about how there is going to be people representing every tribe, every nation, every country, every language that's going to be a part of this glorious experience. And that we can see your kingdom come and your will be done by celebrating the diversity of what it means to be your church here at Northern. Lord, help us as we look around to not just be attracted to like with like, but that we would reach across and carry across different cultures different economic status, whatever it might be, different ages, and that we would celebrate and honour the diversity of who you have created us to be as we continue to grow to be the church that you continue to want us to become. In Jesus' name, Amen. As we think about responding now, I wonder, when it comes to being a part of a church family, We can find it easier for like to attract like and if you're watching or listening to this and if you're looking for a new church home, I wonder, are you looking for people to be like you or are you willing to grow and look beyond the same as you? How does God want you to grow and celebrate the diversity of God's church? And how can you grow in your openness to welcome others who may be different to you? There's going to be some music played and as that music's played, I encourage you, I invite you to respond to those questions that are on the screen now. And I encourage you to do business with God and may the Holy Spirit prompt you in the areas that he wants you to grow in today. God bless you. Thanks, David piano mm-hmm. plays